Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back. This is Gordon, a.k.a. Graybeard Runs from the podcast Quotely, and you're listening to Script to Screen. Welcome to a brand new episode of Script to Screen Spotlight here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. It is Friday and I'm not going to wait to bring him uh, onto the show. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait at all. Don't want to close my eyes. I don't know why I'm singing. I don't know why you're singing. It's Friday, man. It's the weekend. It is a Friday. It is a Friday. It's the weekend. Um... So, so what's up, man? I don't know. We're doing biopics today. We're talking biopics. Ooh, what's a biopic? A biopic is some sort of movie that they do about someone who was alive but died. No, not not necessarily. <laughs> no. Okay, not necessarily. Uh, I like no, no, how no. you killed the people. I like <laughs> they died. So no, no, no. A biopic is essentially it's a biography picture. It actually comes from the merger mm. of the word picture and biography. So it's yeah. a biography picture or a biopic, um, and it's essentially a movie about someone who is uh, real, yeah. uh, real people, like Star Wars, right. <laughs> sure. Back to the Future. Yes, exactly. Mm, wrong answer. Um, no, but like movies like Lincoln, yeah. uh, Steve Jobs, Brave Bohemian Hearts. Rhapsody, Braveheart, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Ray. Yep. Uh, there are a lot. There, there, are, there be- are a lot of uh, there are a lot of bl- uh, biopics. Uh, what- would Blindside Blindside would count as a biopic? Would it not? Not necessarily. No, it's based on a true story. But it's not a biopic. I haven't seen it, so... Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, on that note, um, uh, you know, normally biopics, uh, uh, they don't necessarily do all that well in box office. uh, Not all the time, right? True. Some of them have struggled. Some some masterpieces have struggled. Right. But they do get a lot of... Cult cult following. Yeah, cult followings and uh, uh, critical... uh, Acclaim. Acclaim. And awards. Come come award season, there's always a couple of biopics nominated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And an actor for portraying a specific uh, person. Meryl Streep. Yeah, well, Meryl Streep, I want to see her in Star Wars. I would, no, actually, I don't, <laughs> I don't want the Streep in Star Wars. Um, please don't. No. She could be Yoda. I'm kidding. Sure. This is Friday energy. Like, it's so she weird. Could, she could be Yado. Yado. Maybe like the female version of Yoda. And she go, Mama Yoda, here he comes again. Yoda, I told you not to do this. I don't know. Uh, We're on fire today. We are great. Um, if you haven't already turned off uh, or changed the station. I think they're in intrigued. They're curious. They're like, what? This is a new version of the show. Yeah, this is like the crazy dorky version of the show. Well, because, you know, biopics are so serious that we do kind of need, like, to Why so around. serious? Yeah, why so serious? Another bio... No, no. <laughs> have I told you the story about my scars? That could have been a biopic. It could have been. I love this. I love you. All right. I just called. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's jump right in. Let's not waste too much time and start talking about our favorite biopics. Now, each one of us has three to choose from. Um, it's funny because as I was writing the notes for this uh, episode, I noticed how a lot of my answers had to do with the same thing. 
Like, yeah, I, I kind of know, I think I know what direction you're going Oh, do you? Uh, into, yeah. Do you now? I do. Okay. Um, all right, so let me start with my first favorite biopic um, uh, film. <laughs> I just, I, I'm so... No, but, but it's because one of mine is not a film. Oh, is it not? No. What is it, a series? Well, yeah, it's not a song biopic. Yeah. Uh, oh, interesting. Oh, mm, okay. Um, all right. So um, I'm going to go ahead and see now you've, you've thrown me for a loop because I didn't know we could choose television. I kind of cheated. You did. This is good because this is filling up a lot of airtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, one of my favorite uh, biopics of all time uh, would have to be none other than uh, Steve Jobs. The Michael Fassbender. Of course the Michael Fassbender one. I was, I was scared. No. The other one's just called Jobs. Yeah. Well, Steve Jobs, Jobs. It's an honest mistake. I mean. No, no, no. Steve Jobs, uh, Michael Fassbender, written by Aaron Sorkin. Oh, I mean... I, I love the, um, the, uh, the, the brilliance of Steve Jobs, um, specifically the way that Aaron Sorkin wrote it. It's not, a, it's not necessarily like, a, like a, a typical kind of narrative that is written because he literally chose four or what was it, like six or seven different dates. Yeah. And it was just like those specific dates the, and the what launch, occurred. And the launches. And the yeah. launches of, of the different uh, Apple products. So it, it made for a very interesting... Um, it made for a very interesting uh, movie mm -hmm. uh, because you weren't necessarily seeing an entire uh, lifetime or whatever. You were just particular specific dates, specific uh, moments, etc. Um, and on top of it, you've got Kate Winslet, you've got uh, Michael Fassbender, you've got Jeff Daniels. I mean, those guys are just like they knocked it out of the park. It's definitely a top notch movie. It's. It's very interesting. I, I also love Michael Fassbender in, in this role because. Yeah. He didn't cheat because Steve Jobs, as great as he was, was known to be not maybe the nicest person. I mean, he was an asshole. He was a good public speaker. Yeah. He, he had a lot of good qualities, but he wasn't a very nice person. And Fassbender managed to kind of show that, but yeah, in a very... But not too much. But, yeah, but yeah, in yeah. a subtle way. Like, it was almost like a very diplomatic performance. Exactly. Like he, um, he wasn't... You didn't hate the guy no, after but you, 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 there were a few moments, there are a few scenes where you want to punch him in the face. Obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I loved it. I love the score for the movie because the score has a lot of like um, binary kind of like, you know, digitized uh, noises and whatnot. So very, very interesting. I, I love the film. I, I think it's definitely one of my favorite biopics of all time. All right. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm going to go for a, my favorite biopic. I'm going to start with a movie and then I'll like, okay. switch to something else. But it's actually Ray. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes uh, sense. Ray Charles, by default, is an artist I love. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy uh, the music. And he's someone who went through a lot in his life mm -hmm. uh, to, to get to where he was. And I loved what they did in the movie, how they pr portrayed mm -hmm. that, how they mm -hmm. portrayed this, this black blind man uh, struggling uh, with, with, with drugs, with addiction, uh -huh. with the immense guilt of uh, losing his brother at, at a young age where he felt responsible. And the performances are just fantastic. Aren't they, though? Jamie Foxx is Man. freaking Ray Charles. The way he breathes, the way he moves, everything about him, he, he, he's fantastic. He's brilliant. And the, the, the supporting cast, too, Regina King, is, is also amazing. And... Uh, uh, 
it, it is a very well-made film. It's and then you can't well forget crafted. that, the, you know, I love the way that they included the music and, and you know, uh, and his craft and, and all that. So oh, absolutely. And, and, and his, uh, there's one scene I love where he, he plays, where I, if I'm not mistaken, it's when Regina King tells him she's pregnant and he starts to play Hit the Road Jack and she starts to shout at him. They're in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly they cut to a concert and Regina King has that look in her eye when uh, she's like, what you? No, she's like, Hit the Road Jack. Yeah. And, and she's looking at him like she's, she's going to kill him. And, and and anyway, it's the music. It's freaking Ray Charles. So right, it's, right. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's a long movie. It's a, it's. I, I love again the co- the colors, the content, how the film was made, the pace of the, the story. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, before fame, during fame, uh, after fame, even even at the end when they show shots of actually Ray Charles shaving and yeah, so fantastic movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, my uh, second favorite, uh, um, my second favorite biopic would have to be uh, another uh, uh, film written by Aaron Sorkin, uh, The Social Network. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of The Social Network um, uh, from the screenplay's perspective. Uh, also, the director, David Fincher. Um, you know, I, I think what they did with that narrative was make something that is absolutely superb. Um, Jesse Eisenberg as uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean... <laughs> But, like, that is a top-notch casting right yeah. there. Um, you know, the rest of the cast is fantastic. Andrew, Andrew Garfield, uh, Justin Timberlake, um, you know, I, I also... Um, Arnie, Army Hammer. Army Hammer, uh, you know, and he played twins. Yeah, the Winklevi. The, the, yeah. Um, I, I, love, I, love the, I love what was done with this film. I love the way that it's crafted. And, again, I love the music and the colors, um, the jumping back and forth, the time timeline between you know him being sued and how he got to this point it it really does a good job or a a great job of like underlining kind of the themes and and um uh you know like the mistakes that were made um and again uh uh you know i don't want to i don't want to take away from the final segment that we are uh you know that we are going to uh you know the unforgettable scenes but i do want to talk about this scene in particular in the social network considering you spoke about a ray charles mm-hmm. scene as well the opening scene of that movie is just one of the best opening sequences of all time the breakup right yes it's that conversation between uh jesse eisenberg and um rooney mara, rooney mara um and it's this just back and forth of them sitting on that table and you know it's such a beautiful dialogue scene it's fantastic mm-hmm. uh you know uh, uh jesse eisenberg's uh, you know it's it's almost like two different conversations happening at the same time and one is trying to catch up with the other and just it's pure genius the performances are stellar um yeah top-notch great movie fantastic and i'm gonna go for my number two I said number two. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to go for a series. Okay. I think it's a very loved series. It's Narcos, season ah, one okay. and two. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Because uh, the portrayal of Pablo Escobar in that series is just fantastic. Okay. Uh, Wagner Mura is wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, there have been a lot of movies. Like recently, there was the Javier Bardem. Uh, right, loving, loving Pablo. Pablo and and, and there have been so many interpretations of Pablo. But I think that this one is probably one of the best because mm-hmm. you hate what Pablo does, but you root for him deep down inside. Yeah, yeah. 
and and he it's can, very interesting whenever actors are able to to live. portray an anti-hero, yeah. like to portray a character that technically speaking you're supposed to absolutely hate, but something in their performance makes you fall for that character. Uh, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker, Hannibal Lecter, yeah. uh, you know, and then uh Pablo his, Escobar. Yeah, no, his name is very difficult, so I'm not Wagner gonna Wagner Mura. Wagner Mura. Wagner Wagner. Yeah, it's Wagner. Yeah. Um you know, whatever Mr. Moore I was able to do, um, yeah, I mean... I know, it's great. It, it goes on for two seasons. Uh, fantastic performance, a fantastic story. Uh, what an interesting character. Right. Escobar has always been fascinating. The, the, yeah. the guy who, who got away time and time and time mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and who he became a politician at one point and then he lived in a prison, uh, El Catedral, for like a while. And, and that was so and fascinating. And all of that, that's all covered in the series, and that's correct? All, so, okay. so exactly. So when I watched Loving Pablo, there, in comparison, the movie was so weak. Right, right. Uh, even though Bardem tries... Hard, but, mm. but but he's not successful. He's, he's not likable. Right. Mura is. And that is why Narcos is, I think, in terms of biopic or in terms of focusing on someone who once existed, mm-hmm. why it's such a powerful show. Mm. And it has a massive following. And like yeah. so many people... Kept on watching. Uh, now there's Narcos Mexico. Yeah. It's like that. That's the new season, which is before apparently. It's, oh, okay. I think I haven't watched it yet, but okay. I read but it's s- getting a lot of good review. Yeah. Was there a season? Were there seasons without Pablo? Yeah, after the third, okay. the third season, which was not bad. Okay, because it was the the remaining cartel. It was the same storyline, but Pablo okay. dies. Right. Spoiler alert. Yep. Uh, and so the rest of the cartel kind of continues what they're doing. And uh, the DEA and the locals try to stop them. Okay, so does that narrative close off at the end yeah, of the se- third yeah. season? Okay. Third season f- finishes. Right, completely. so now they've jumped backwards, I yeah. guess. With, it's got with Ma- Michael Pena in it, which is an yeah. actor I really like, by yeah. the way. Uh, Diego Luna's in it. Diego Luna's in it, soon to be, uh, you know, yeah. starring in his own TV show. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Cassian Andor. Which is based on a true, no. <laughs> Um, uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't had the opportunity to actually sit through Narcos, but it's it, it's on it's on my queue. You, it's you, just you there's a lot of content, man. Look, you, you should watch it. I mean, the, the the first season is magnificent. The second could have finished in five episodes. It's just too long. Okay, but still. Great, great, great portrayal. Very enjoyable. Good, very good music. Yeah. Always good the music opening in the song, yeah. The opening theme song is just great. Yeah. Um, number three for me would have to be none other than Steven Spielberg's Lincoln. Oh, I knew that one was coming. Yeah. Um, I loved what Steven Spielberg did with Lincoln. Um, it's, it's strange. Uh, one, of our, uh, one of the good friends of our show, uh, Yumna, actually, her and her husband are actually on the anti-Lincoln uh, wagon. Um, but I loved it. I personally thought it was uh, one of Daniel Day-Lewis's greatest performances. Sally Field is in it, and it's just, she's mm. so good. Um, I love the human element that he added into it, the struggle, uh, the politics. Um, yeah, I, I thought Steven Spielberg did uh, a wonderful job with Lincoln. I love the music, the, the you know, the, the color palette of the movie, 
the production design. I mean, the, the whole, I mean, it's so, it's so good. It's, it's so good. And to think that, that, um, uh, it, it was so close to not getting released. Uh, they were going to release it on HBO at one point because it, it was supposed to be with Liam Neeson at one point. Yeah. I mean, this movie found, it was struggling. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it struggled. Um, and to think that even Steven, Steven Spielberg can, can face struggles and people saying, um, no, you can't make this movie. Uh, or we don't want to fund this movie. It's just, it's hilarious to me that you, you know, like even Steven Spielberg with everything that he's done, uh, is, you know, gets a little, uh, heat sometimes from, from producers and from investors and all that stuff. Um, but personally, I think it's a, it's a great movie, um, and has some fantastic performances, some great dialogue. Uh, you know, Tony Kushner wrote the script mm-hmm. and he's, he's just fantastic. Yeah. Interesting. So, so I'm going to cheat again because I'm going to talk about a biopic, which is a very controversial one. Okay. Okay. Because, okay. I, I enjoy Braveheart. I love it as a movie. Okay. It's a fantastic movie. But I, I visited Scotland a few years back. Okay. And uh, don't you dare say Braveheart over there. They, they really don't like this movie for several okay. reasons. Okay. First reason, directed by an Australian person. Second reason, shot in Ireland. Third reason, oh, William Wallace. Snap. William Wallace wasn't actually the hero of Scotland. It was um, s- someone else. Okay. Uh, so, so it's very inaccurate. Oh, biopic wise, uh, Sophie Marceau's character was nine years old in the movie. They sleep together. She's pregnant. She was never pregnant. Oh, so, wow. So okay. it's an ongo. It's it's blasphemous. Oh, wow. OK. So so every tour I went on, they would like, keep on talking about the movie and the movie and the movie. Yikes. But, but 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 as a movie itself is what it does in terms of performance, in terms right. of the direction and so on. And music. And the music. James Horner, if, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Just fantastic. And Mel Gibson directing was quite, quite mm-hmm. interesting. He is quite the interesting director. He's, he is. Yeah, I, I, he makes some very interesting choices a lot of the time. Yeah, times. definitely. And, and he's a fan of uh, biopics. Yeah, he usually. is. Uh, so, so for all those reasons, I really love that. And the fight scenes are just so epic yeah. and so powerful. Yeah. And those speeches and the freedom at the end and the message you it has. You can't take away our freedom. Uh, <laughs> take away our lives, but you'll never take away our freedom. That's the worst accent ever. Yeah, well, uh, but but yeah, because it's such an, such an inspirational movie, uh, and I did want to talk a bit about the controversy behind it. Okay, uh, so I wanted to kind of shed sure, some light. Sure, yeah, no, no. I mean, oh. I, you know, uh, um, trivia is always fun. Exactly. Uh, so it's interesting that that. Uh, they're not fans of it uh, yeah. back in Scotland. No. Um, yeah, that, I mean that's that's. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a classic movie though, yeah. so it's it's just strange to, and it, you rarely hear anybody going Braveheart, blech, you know, like uh, so because it's it's factually inaccurate. Yeah, no, I mean they have every right to. Yeah, there, I mean, there were fights in the movies, like like battles which never took place. Oh dang! So it, it it's all over the place. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well. On that note, uh, we spoke a lot about performances, but do we have a favorite? Um, uh, so uh, what is one of your favorite performances in a biopic? Let's say one or two favorite performances. All right. All right. I'm going to have to go back to Ray. Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Be- again, the way his eyebrows go up. If you watch a Ray Charles concert and you mm-hmm. watch him and the, the eyebrow pops up with the glasses and, and his nose kind of, I wish people could see how I'm trying to imitate him. <laughs> but 
but it, it is fantastic. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. The emotion that pours out. But before that, Jamie Foxx wasn't the biggest actor. He had these kind of either funny roles or these kind of gangster roles. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. like uh, maybe maybe he had done Ali previously yeah. with uh, Michael Mann and true, Will Smith. True, true, true. But he wasn't a, a leading star, and, and that changed everything. And yeah. he gave sure. Ray so much. Heart. I love it when when a particular film just gives. So much, you know, sheds so much light on a, on a particular actor and opens so many doors for them and, and all that stuff. I love it when that happens. Um, so was that it? Was well, yeah. that's the first one. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, for me, uh, uh, my number one. Uh, it's also gonna probably stir some controversy, but um, and, and because it's probably because it's still very fresh in my mind. I would have to say Rami Malek in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. um, and just his embodiment of Freddie Mercury. His, I don't know, man. His charisma as this character, um, his movements, the the lengths that he that he went to to try to embody him on stage as much as possible. The fact that he even took vocal lessons and he took piano lessons. But and why would it be controversial? Because not a lot of people like the movie. True, but I don't think anyone denied his performance. Oh, I think well, everyone praises yeah, his performance. Yeah. Um, I meant the controversy regarding the movie. Oh, okay, I thought, I thought his performance. No, 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 no. He is um, stunning. Yeah. Uh, so I would have to say Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody as Freddie Mercury would have to be one of my favorite performances in a biopic, and I really hope he gets an Oscar. I, I well, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my, my, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, two other performances, too, this year. Which are uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper, yeah, yeah, and actually Viggo Mortensen in, in the Green Book. The Green, I okay. just loved him. Okay, and it—it's it, not exactly a biopic. Biopic. It's inspired by by a true story. So what? Uh, the Green Book. The Green yeah, Book. Okay. So I, I wanted to talk about that, but uh, I'm not. But as as a performance, I'm I'm going to go for someone else. I'm going to talk about uh, Adrian Brody. The pianist. The pianist. Oh, the, so good. The, the lens. I mean, and and again, he he won an Oscar. He for won it. an Oscar, but the lens he went to portray this this character. Uh, he lived in his car for I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost contact with people around him. He isolated himself. He learned how to play piano, and what a performance! Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. A, I, I cried watching the movie whenever he. When he puts his hands on the, p- the piano, and it's ironic because Ray plays piano, and so yep. uh, does th- th- he. Did you want to play piano at one point in your life? Um, I, I I actually used to to learn as a kid, but I, I lived in Cyprus, and my grandma would take me, and probably by the <laughs> fifth or sixth time, I would run away and hide for one hour in the bushes, and my grandma would later find me, and the piano lesson <laughs> time would be over. So. <laughs> Okay. So yeah. So acting. So, so yeah. Definitely, uh, Adrian Brody as uh, I forgot the name of the character, but in the pianist. In the pianist. Cool. Anyone else on your side? Um. Yeah. Actually, I have. Uh, it's gonna be a tie for me. Um. Uh. With with these with uh, with two different performances, but but it is gonna be um um uh, a tie for me. Uh. With um Julia Roberts. Uh, uh, as Aaron Brockovich. Okay, nice. Um, and Marion Cotillard as Edith, uh, Piaf. Edith Piaf in La Vie en Rose. Um, 
So both of them, I mean, both of those women were absolutely stellar in their roles. For me, I mean, if I wanted to rank them, I would have to say Julia. I loved what Julia Roberts did in Aaron Brockovich. Um, I think that was also a film that really expanded Julia Roberts's career. Um, I believe she won an Oscar for it. Yeah, she won an Oscar for it. Um, her performance is just stellar. And I mean, you can't go wrong with Julia Roberts. I, I'm a big fan of hers. I'm really looking forward to seeing her in in. Um, and Ben is back. Uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz around her performance <laughs> in that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, her performance in Aaron Brockovich is, is superb. It's feisty. It's strong. Um, yeah, I, and I, I absolutely love her and the film. I love the film. Um, Do you know that the real, the real Aaron Brockovich has a cameo in the movie? Yes, I did know that. She's the waitress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I did know that. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, for me, in terms of actors, that's it. But oh, okay. But uh, I do have uh, a, a director I really like. Sure, yeah. So let's jump in and start talking about. Um, uh, let's start talking about our favorite director of a biopic. You have two directors, correct? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about one, and then you can just have uh, talk about two on your end. So my favorite would have to be uh, David Fincher for The Social Network. Um, I mm-hmm. love uh, uh, the direction in The Social Network. I love what Fincher does with the camera, with the mise-en-scene. Um, and I think that the film is a very solid, concrete movie. It's, it's a very well-realized uh, um, uh, film. Uh, and what Fincher does in The Social Network... Net, network? The Social Network is absolutely stellar. Um, and so, yeah, go for it uh, okay. for the two uh, directors. So the first one is going to be Milos Forman for Amadeus. Nice. Because I never thought I would... I watched this when I was pretty young. Yeah. And I never thought I would enjoy a movie about Mozart. But yeah, yeah. I thought... It's, it's a like, stellar movie. Like, I thought, yeah, no. But then... Oh, it's so good. I was hooked because he came, he gave... Mozart kind of a rockish yeah. kind of vibe, yeah, even though yeah. the, the, musically speaking, it's very uh, uh, traditional. Yeah. But uh, what was his name? Tom Tom Huckel, I think, who plays uh, Mozart. He hasn't done much after. No. He, I think he just did that and had a few roles left and right. And again, what Milos Forman does is just fantastic in those scenes and the orchestra scenes mm-hmm. and Salieri. Which is uh, old and dying, and the con- because it's told from his point of view of yeah, how yeah. Uh, of how he screwed over uh, Mozart basically yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, one person okay and uh, another director I'm just checking uh, the, the name I don't want okay so, okay Tom Hooper for the King's speech the King's speech yeah. See, uh, um, Colin Firth was one of my uh, potential yeah. favorite actors. Um, yeah, it's, it's such H- a great movie. Him and Jeffrey Rush, I mean, have this incredible chemistry. I mean, that in entire movie. cast, Helena, Helena Bonham Carter, Carter as well. True. So great. And, and what I love about this movie is that also they took a topic which could have been boring and mm-hmm. which could have been silly and made this kind of bloody comedy about <laughs> a king and an instructor and their friendship, and it just blew me away. And I don't usually focus a lot on these things as much as you do, but the color palette... Oh, yeah, the color palette is gorgeous. ...in this movie is very interesting, very kind of grayish, dark tones, and there's his apartment, mm-hmm. which is kind of olive greenish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and all the, so, so 
fantastic director. It's a very minimalistic film. Yeah. Like they, there isn't really much going on, but yeah. there's a lot going on at the same time. Agreed. And I think that's what makes it so good because then you're focusing on those performances, on the dialogue, on the story, yeah. because there really isn't a lot of visual noise. True. Uh, and even with his framing, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Hooper's framing, I mean, those like off to the side with a yeah. lot of negative space shots. Yes, like, yes. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Uh, it won, didn't it? Yeah. It won Best Picture? Yes, it did. Yeah. I mean, again, well-deserved. Yeah, and Jeffrey Rush, just also a fantastic actor. Yeah, I, I mean, he's Barbosa for me. Yeah. I can't, you know, he's... For he's, me, he's, he's, he's many things. He's, he's super talented. <laughs> he is. So, um, Hud, what do you look for in a biopic? Well, I think it goes back to my last two examples of uh, best, my, my favorite directors, in biopics, it's taking a topic which might not necessarily interest me, or I could li- could find a bit like boringish, and then making it relevant, mm-hmm. making it you know like give some tempo, give a beat to it. So definitely, that's very important. With obviously great performances, mm-hmm. uh, what's a good story without a good performance and a good story? So it, it, it's a package. It's a bit of everything, and. I like discovering new uh, stories. Yeah, uh, I mean, there it is. So, so yeah, I love Ray because I know the, the the character and I've read a lot about him and so on. But it's also very pleasant to to discover someone you've never heard about. Right. Uh, for example, uh, uh, Denzel Washington in in the Hurricane. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The boxing biopic. Yeah. I had never heard of who he was or mm-hmm. what had happened to him, and and the movie was a very nice movie. Good performances. Again, a topic which could have been super boring, but was done very nicely with flashbacks and flash forwards. And the, the, the whole way the thing came together was just beautiful. And definitely uh, truth to the story. The, the, yeah. the closer uh, to the truth, the happier I am. So when you go back to the example of Braveheart, right. uh, when I found out yeah. that yeah. it wasn't accurate... It did kind of bother me. Right. Because all my life in my head, William Wallace was this yeah. great person. And in Scotland, he he's not this person who's revered as right. much as you think he is. Right, right. How about you? Um, well, okay. So here's the I like learning something new. So mm-hmm. even if I know somewhat of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, um, a particular person's life or whatever, I like learning something new. And I like the film to... I like it when the film does things creatively to to engross me deeper into uh, the life of said person. Um, you know, although, it, you know, it, it is currently being disputed as not it not being 100 percent accurate. Um, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody for me, I loved seeing the, the 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 song creation scenes or the, you know, how they met or some of the disputes that they had within uh, uh, the band. Like you don't know these things, even if you read a lot of the biographies or whatnot or like memoirs. There are certain things that are that are constantly like edited out and whatever. Um, um, another good example for me, since you opened it up to series, um, mm. uh, the crown, yeah. uh, you know, I, I love how, how the dramatization in the crown is very limited because every time something happens in it and I'm like, I wonder if this is something that they are adding for drama purposes. And I look it up on Google and I'm like, Oh no, this is actually real. Like there were actually rumors surrounding X and Y, or oh. there were things that were, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, um, I love when, uh, uh, you know, the, the creative parties of a biopic, 
um, uh, you know, do add their own salt and pepper, but they remain true to the source again, the source material, which is the lives of these of these characters. I love also when uh, uh, biopics uh, throw out Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds funny for Easter eggs and and, and biopics, but um, you know when you have general knowledge about a person and there are certain things that you you know occurred. I like when you you're thrown these little things like. Um, uh, uh, to kind of like say, oh, look, we know that this happened, but we're not going to really talk about it. And the, like they'll sidestep away from it or whatever. But it's almost like a tip of the hat that, yes, this occurred, blah, blah, blah. I also like biopics that kind of show us a different perspective. Uh, I, I forget the movie. It just popped into my head, but I forget the movie. But it was um, it's about the assassination of of um, of uh, John F. Kennedy. Um, but it's all told through the perspective of like the doctors and the nurses and everybody surrounding JFK. Zach Efron is in it. Is it JFK or his brother Bobby? No, it's it's JFK. I think I know. Uh, yeah, it has a good cast. Yeah, I mean, uh, hang on a second. JFK assassination movies. Um, um, man, I hate that that the uh, that it's it's escaping me right now. Uh, Parkland. I think that's it. Uh, I think it's called Parkland, right? Parkland, yes. It's the chaotic events that take place at Parkland Hospital in Dallas after the attack that assassinated President John F. Kennedy. So it's surrounding the people that were around him, uh, and that's the perspective that you get in this movie. So it's not the typical JFK assassination movie, but it's it's about those people, those real people that were there and had to handle that. Mm. So for me, that's uh, that's something that's very, very interesting and, and an interesting way to tell a story that we've known uh, uh, or that is very public knowledge. So, yeah. Interesting. I blabbered a lot. Why not? Um, <laughs> what about uh, some biopics that did not work for you? That did not work for me? Yeah. I would have to go with, well, there are two. Okay. Uh, one is Diana, the Princess Diana story with uh, Naomi Watts. Okay. That was a catastrophe. Okay. On every single <laughs> level. Okay. Uh, from the acting to the script to to the direct. Oh my God! It was just, I didn't get it. I didn't see that one. Well, maybe it's one of those where it's better not. Okay. To watch, and uh, I completely forgot the name of the movie, but. Uh, it's the Nicole Kidman uh, w- movie where she's uh, Grace Kelly, Grace uh, Grace, Grace of Monaco. Monaco. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Tim Tim Roth. Yes, as yes. Renier. Yes, and so because I, I grew up in France and I was kind of aware of the whole uh, Monaco uh, right. dynasty and what right. happened in the children and so on. But again, sometimes I don't know why these things just. Don't work. Is it is it a script issue? I don't think it's a casting issue because Nicole Kidman is someone who can act, and so is Naomi Watts. Right, right. Uh, so I think there was a, the, the, there was a story, a writing mm-hmm. issue, a scenario issue, and and the direction never helped, and and they were just. I mean, they kind of dropped off the face of the planet, too, because you really didn't hear much yeah. about them. Because these are like the kind of movies where you, yeah. Nicole Kidman as Grace of Monaco, and you think this is like Ooh, Oscar worthy, yeah, yeah. Golden and Globes. Just like, or Naomi Watts as Princess Diana, and, and 
I, I think it even had a Razzie award. Yeah. That's how oh, bad. Oh, no. That's how bad the movie was. Yeah. So those are like two, two, two biopics that did not work for me. But in general, they do. They do work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know I'm, I'm going a bit off topic here, but I just remember Naomi Watts' biopic, which, which tore me apart, which was The Impossible. Yes. Yes, I, I I cried so much. In and that, that I mean, film. yeah, again, that's like based on true story and 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 whatnot. Yeah, it's based yeah. on the tsunami. And it's based on an actual family. Yeah, uh, this yeah. is the real family. Yeah, uh, and and I'll get to, because we're going to talk about memorable scenes, and I have a couple, and yeah. that's one of them. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'll refrain myself for, for the moment. <laughs> Okay. Um, How about you? Well, okay. For me, it would have to be the one that would have to, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but it's Jobs. Uh, the, yeah. The Ashton Kutcher version of, of Steve Jobs. That movie just did not work. I feel bad because he Ashton Kutcher tries. Tries, yeah, yeah. You can see how much he's trying, and I think that's one of the problems is that you can see how much he's trying to make this work. Um, I did not like it. It was just, it fell flat for me. Um, I think they were trying to make it, um, you know, kind of light and peppy and, mm. and like whatever. It just didn't work. No. It didn't work. Um, and I just don't think, I don't think that Ashton was a good casting choice. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have Steve's physicality. He doesn't have, you know, Steve Jobs is more of a, like an oval face. Ashton Kutcher is more of a rounded face. It's just, it just didn't work. Like, whereas you look at Fastbender and you're like, okay, all right. But I, I find actually Kutcher looks more like Steve Jobs. Really? Than, there's a picture of Kutcher and Steve Jobs with long, longish hair at okay. that stage uh, of his life. And they... They look alike? They look alike. Oh, interesting. Okay. But just physically, I mean, the, and, and then again, like mannerism and so on, no. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, that for me, for me, I couldn't, I couldn't, the, 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 that's funny because I like, I couldn't think of any other biopics yeah. that just did not work for me, but that was the one that kind of stuck out the most. I was just like, yeah, this movie just, it just didn't work. Have you watched the... Grace of Monaco? No, I didn't. So I didn't see Grace of Monaco and I didn't see Diana. Okay. So that's probably why. Maybe. You would have to. <laughs> um, okay. So finally, before we jump into our final segment here, what biopic would you love to see? I think we're going to have the same one. Oh, no. I think so. Does it have anything to do with the galaxy far, far away? Oh, no, it doesn't. Okay, good. <laughs> it, it does have to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Interesting. No, uh, Marvel. I, I'd love to see a Stan Lee. A Stan Lee a biopic. A Stan Lee biopic. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, There's uh, a poster online. With there Brian is a poster Cranston. with Brian Cranston, and it looks pretty dope. It um, does. But there were also conversations between Stan Lee and Leonardo DiCaprio at one point because uh, they met each other, and Stan Lee was like, uh, yeah, you should be me in a movie or something. Yeah, no, regardless of who plays him, I think he is an interesting person. Oh, absolutely. Uh, from from how he created these characters and, and what he did to I society. I mean, I think, I think now that he's passed, I think it's, it's inevitable that we're going to get the gonna, Stan yeah. Lee picture. Uh, uh, I yeah. hope Disney d don't. Oh, I hope not. I hope someone else can produce it. <laughs> so, do they own Stanley? I mean, they own Marvel, but they I don't, don't own Stanley. Well, technically, he makes a cameo in the, the movies. Oh, I don't, shoot, might, maybe that might be complicated. I have. You no know idea. what? I wouldn't mind if Marvel Studios produces a, a, a Stanley biopic. I well, who better than Kevin Feige? Right. See. 
I mean, at least it'll stay home. Yeah. You know? Um, no, for me, I would love to see a biopic about... Uh, uh, and and this is I'm very specific in this biopic mm. because I don't want to see a biopic mm -hmm. about this particular person, but I would do want to see that particular moment in this person's life. I would love to see a biopic about uh, George Lucas as he is creating Star Wars. Have, what led to have, Star have Wars? Have you ever seen? There's a short video online. It's a, it's a comic video. Of okay. How he created Star Wars. No. He falls in love with this girl in university, and she has like Princess Leia hair, and, <laughs> and then he has a roommate, which is, and that's how Chewie. I'll show you this video. It's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, you have to it's, send me that video. It's hilarious. Um, I just I just feel like George Lucas is a very interesting character because I think if 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 the if the film is done in a way. Sort of similar to the way that Aaron Sorkin did uh, Steve Jobs, to where you see these moments in this character, in this uh, person's life, because um, there was a lot of drama, uh, struggle when it came to uh, when it came to Star Wars. Uh, you know, not a lot of people wanted to make Star Wars. He had to go about it on his own. Um, uh, in Empire Strikes Back, post Empire Strikes Back, there were a lot of issues between him and some of the producers because. Uh, there was supposed to, and again, you know, at the time, there was a plan to continue post episode six. Mm -hmm. And at the last minute, George Lucas decides, no, I'm just going to end it. Uh, um, and so this is why we get the ending that we get in episode six. Uh, the original storyline for episode six was that Han was supposed to actually die for real in episode six. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see that happen. And then specifically when he did the prequels and people just went all Haiti over uh, uh, you know, people just started hating on on George Lucas. I just think like there's a lot of good content here for you know wh where a creator is attacked by his own fan base. <laughs> I think it's just it's very interesting stuff. Um, so I, I would love to see that uh, yes. as a, as a movie. So so yeah, and a Lucas far far away, and a Stanley Stan, Stan well yeah Stan the man yeah I mean all him and we the could army call because, it like because we Stan, could call it the man and the spider. Yeah, and the spider's web. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, but again, like Stanley would have been. I, I hope they do it because he was in the army. He drew posters. The, the whole uh, story behind him being ashamed of being a comic book writer. There's so much content in this man's life, and what he gave back. I I, I just want them to make a Stan freaking Lee movie or like the Man and the Avenger. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with titles that would be like really cool. Um, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, unforgettable scenes. Okay, so I have a couple. Okay. Are we allowed to have a couple? Sure. Why not? Can we? Can we? Can we? Can. So, uh, so I, mean, I mean, we have we've got nine minutes left. So I mean, so I have twelve. No. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. So I have to. So uh, as, as I was talking about the impossible before. Yeah. There is that final scene where Tom Holland. Uh, lost a couple of his brothers uh -huh. and he's running towards the hospital and, and and you're like, will he find his parents? And Ewan McGregor is somewhere and it's just like you're on the end, edge of your nerves because throughout the movie, you're always on your nerves. Right, like, right. No matter what happens, there's always something happening to this family. Mm -hmm. And that last moment when I think the two brothers see him and they run towards each other and then Ewan McGregor uh, sees them and they go... Just like they're all together, hugging as a family, and then go back to uh, Naomi Watts's character. Oh my God, I was bawling like a six-year-old kid. I mean, it, just from you describing it, it sounds like. Have you not watched The Impossible? No, 
I, I, I try avoiding oh. movies that are so like emotionally Look, it is, it destructive. Is, it is very, <laughs> very oh, I'm very sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I've seen, um, uh, I've seen the, the tsunami scene. Okay. And then that very intense. It, it just it just it, it I know it uh, does yeah. very destructive things to me. It is very powerful. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. True. That scene. No, but I, I do want to watch it. Look again. Like there's so much stuff I want to watch. It's just so little time, and yeah. it's like so much content right now. Uh, yeah. So that's that's my first one. Yeah. How about, okay. Like you share and I sure. Share, um, if you have. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, f- uh, you know, I'm gonna go back to Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, that, uh, that, you know, a scene that sticks out to me, it's really not much of a scene. Like, there's really not much going on, but there's a lot going on. Um, and it's that scene where Freddie Mercury is walking out of the clinic and he sees and, and a patient who is obviously HIV positive as well and who's um, uh, very much along in his, uh, 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 you stage. know, in his stage, uh, a very bad stage. Um you know, he sees Freddie Mercury walking out and he, and he throws him an ale and then, uh, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury stops, looks over, replies, um, and then walks away. I don't know what it is about this scene that it's just so powerful. Um, not just from an acting perspective, but just from, I don't know, like it's, it's this, 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 merger of of yeah like i'm i'm not just a singer anymore like there's more to who i am now um it's this acknowledgement um maybe even like this shed of hope maybe that he is throwing to that patient um i mean he could have just walked out you know uh whether it's a real moment or not regardless you know like um but it's this, it's this acknowledging that patient and acknowledging it's that moment is just really strong for me. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but it, it, I, to this day, I have not forgotten this moment in this movie. Um, uh, you know, and there are a lot of good moments in this film, but like this moment in particular for me is just, it's so strong, maybe because it's so human. Um, even, the, even though it's a little bit dramatized, um, it's, it's a very human moment and, and I love it. So, yeah. All right. All right. So I'm going to go for my uh, second and final. Uh, okay. It's from a French movie called Intouchable. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, okay. Which is one of my like probably favorite movies, at least top 20. Yeah, it's yeah, out yeah. There. Very feel-good movie, very yeah. happy movie. And and the scene comes towards, well, I'm, I hate going into spoilers, but I will because okay. how, how important this scene is. Sure. It's at the end of the movie. Philippe is a paraplegic person uh-huh. uh, who's taken care by uh, Omar Sy, who's called Dries in the movie. Right. And what happens is that basically uh, Philippe has been depressed for a while. They have been separated for, for reasons. And they get back together. And uh, Dries takes Philippe somewhere outside of Paris into towards the sea. And they have this very funny shaving scene, which is hilarious. Right. And all through the movie, Philippe starts to talk to this woman on the phone and then right. through correspondence. And at one point in the movie, he chickens out uh, to see her. They're supposed to go out on a date, and then he just leaves before she gets there. And so uh, Dries tells him, Let's, we're going to go have lunch. They go to a fancy restaurant. He tells, him, he tells the waiter it's for two people. They come, they sit. He puts the wheelchair on one side. He removes... Uh, the chair, then he looks at uh, Philippe, he's like, well, this time 
you're not going to be able to run away and give her a big kiss from me. And he just leaves the okay. place and the lady walks in and it's just, oh, I'm, nice. I'm almost going to tear up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, sounds fan, like a great, fantastic, great See, full of heart. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's like the friendship. It's you, you see after all they've been through, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. The, the peak of the friendship. Oh, so yeah. May we have a peak in our friendship oh, as well. Oh, we have a lot day. of peaks. <laughs> and we will have. <laughs> On that note, we're going to start uh, dwindling down here. We're going to start ending the show. If you want to follow us on our social media, you can do so at Alamahana on my end. And had, had dot solo. Had dot solo on yours. If you want to listen to our show, you can listen to us now on Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. It's our brand new app that is uh, hosting our podcast, but it also allow you to interact with us by leaving us voice messages, which we would love for you to start doing uh, so that we can have you on the show. So tell us, what are your favorite biopics, directors, yes, exactly. moments? We want you to share this with us so we can like you know maybe bring it up in a special episode and, absolutely, and talk about these things absolutely you can also uh, follow us on our website script to screen pod.com on our facebook script to screen pod as well as sorry I, I just I was playing with my earphones <laughs> You can, you can also tune in on YouTube to watch YouTube, our video yeah, you can episode. watch YouTube and Facebook. We have videos there <laughs> with special guests, and it's, it's, they're fun, and, and, our, and our own shows. Yes, make sure you join <laughs> us again next week and towards the end of December as we dwindle down the year. We have a massive roundtable coming up towards the end of the year and a two-parter Christmas special. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 as uh, December starts rolling along. Thank you guys for joining us again. Um, this was fun. Yeah, it I mean, was. Toned down, but a little fun, was, you know, because biopics, you yeah. know. Um, but we tried to give it, you know, like our twist and make it a bit silly. And well, I mean, we actually. always make it silly. Well, this time was a bit more silly, willy nilly old bear. All right. Okay. We're, we're, Winnie the Pooh? No, we're out of here, man. We are out of here. All right. All right. All right. It's Friday, guys. It's Friday. Thank you for joining us. Uh, join us again next week. Uh, oh, next week is a. Um, so next week is going to be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Surprises. Surprises are coming. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.